thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see those of you here in the room and those of you connecting with us online. We're thrilled that you're able to as well today. So as you know, especially if you were watching in or here listening in last week, Leon began a new series for this month called A Faith That Works Even When Life Doesn't. And I wonder if you thought about how we do acts of faith all the time without really realising. You know, in that the morning when you first open your eyes and you get out of bed and you press the light switch completely expecting that it will turn on. Or when you go down to breakfast and you lay your cereal on the table and you pull out the chair and you sit on it, I'm not sure that you think, will it take my weight? Well, unless you're like me, you may do, but most people don't think that. Or you walk on your way to work and there's a footbridge you go on and you, you're not thinking halfway across the footbridge, is it going to collapse? Because actually, we are living out acts of faith all the time without often even realising it. But sometimes there are folks who take far greater leaps of faith. That's a term I'm sure you're familiar with and and launch out in great acts of faith. Faith requires a step or an action on our part. And that's what James is talking about in James chapter 2. Can I just read to you a few of those verses from verse 14 to 17 for you to get the sense of what James is saying. He says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And James is talking about a faith that is living, it's active, it's a a real faith, it's energised, it's fruitful. It changes us and therefore it changes how we live in the world around us and therefore it changes the world for others. And of course, you'd know if you're a reader of the Bible, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've engaged with the Bible, that faith is a real big topic throughout the Scriptures. And in the New Testament, two of the writers that talk most about faith are the Apostle Paul, who wrote a third of, of the 27 books in the New Testament, and James here, who, as Leon explained last week, is the half-brother of Jesus. That means He was obviously born from Mary, but Joseph wasn't his father. God was his father. But uh, uh, but James is here uh, related to Jesus and he's watched the life of faith that Jesus lived out as his half-brother. And some have suggested that what Paul says is in conflict to what James says, that they're disagreeing with each other. But I want to suggest to you that's not actually the case. For me, it's as if they're standing back to back and giving us a full rounded view of what faith is really like. Let me illustrate by just looking with me at this comparison on screen for a few moments. See, when Paul talks about faith, he talks about saving faith, that faith in God brings about salvation in our lives. But James's focus is that that faith in God produces acts of faith from us and we live as a result of it. 
So in other words, for Paul, faith is the root of salvation, whereas for James, faith is the fruit of what comes from the roots of knowing Christ. For Paul, it's an internal expression. It's something that we engage with in God internally. Yet for James, it's being lived out as well as being something that's real in that way. In other words, what Paul is wanting to emphasise is that my faith in God gives me a certainty that I'm a child of God. And James is saying, that's true, absolutely true. But it also provides evidence to other people that I'm a child of God. And for Paul, faith is about declaring who I am, my identity. And James wants to take that identity and says, then let's live it so that other people can see it. And these are two great aspects of faith that James is agreeing with Paul and Paul actually is agreeing with James. And what together they're saying is that faith in God empowers us to live beyond ourselves and to do good in our world. And many of you will be familiar with one of Paul's most famous statements about faith in Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10, when he says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works. Is he contradicting James? Well, no, he says, not by works so that we don't boast in our works. Nevertheless, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I suppose if those of us who are Christians are honest, we can get easily frustrated. I know that I do when there's this generic criticism of us as Christians that we don't live it out. And we, people say, you're, you know, you're a hypocrite. I, I would say, you know, there's probably room for a few more hypocrites then. Because the reality is it is quite difficult sometimes, isn't it, to always live out our faith, but we know we haven't always got it right. Our hearts and our desires and our intentions to live for God are good, but sometimes they're not always followed through in our actions. And it's important for us to understand what James is talking about when he talks about faith and works, as we just set this little platform for these few moments. Because when he talks about faith, he's talking about trusting and obeying God. It's an expression of our relationship with God. And when he talks about works, he's talking about that opportunity we get to love God and love others as an expression of what is internal within us. He says again, doesn't he, in verse 14, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it, by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? And so the essence of what James is saying is that faith is a verb. Maybe you remember that from school. It's a doing word. It's an action. It isn't just something I possess. It's something I do. I like to think of faith as a reflex. A reflex is something that just happens as a result in our bodies of another movement. And because of my faith in God, the reflex action from it is that I want that to be seen and understood and connect with other people. In some ways, we could think about faith as a, as a muscle. And it's something that works. And as you can see, you know, I've worked the muscles really well. You can see a few swans there, as they call them or whatever. But, 
we know that muscles are something that work. You have to exercise them to build them. And living out our faith in God on a day-by-day basis builds a stability that we can withstand, as Leon said last week, the pressures and the circumstances and the difficulties and the challenges that come our way. So I just want to give you four headlines today about demonstrating how we can know that faith changes everything. What are some of the signs that faith is working in our lives and producing what James is talking about? So the first thing is, when what we say is who we are. You know that old English proverb, that actions, finish it with me, speak louder than words. And you know that in your own life. It's one thing for someone to say, I love you. It's much better that that is demonstrated in some way. And we are prone to say things and to make bold and grand declarations about our faith. But I think what James is saying is, is that being followed through? Are people seeing that in how I live? And it wasn't just James who felt that that was the way we should understand faith. Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 7, in what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, right towards the end of it says these words, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So James has never at any point said that that we, we only get faith in God, we only get salvation by doing things. It's not a fat salvation by works. It's saying as a result of the transformation in our lives, there is an obvious evidence in the fruit from our lives. Maybe think about the, the frustration that you might have experienced or some of us might have experienced when we see public people, maybe even politicians who make grand and bold declarations They don't always carry through. Maybe you were frustrated with some politicians who agreed with all the lockdown rules but then went and did something very different themselves. And actually that's not what we feel comfortable with often, is it? When people make statements about what is so real for them that they don't live through in their lives. Because a faith that works is a faith that is authentic and real. One of the men that God greatly used In the 18th century, in the American revival, was a guy called Jonathan Edwards. And he said this, It's not by telling people about ourselves that we demonstrate our Christianity. Words are cheap. It is by costly, self-denying Christian practice that we show the reality of our faith. And that's a challenge for us as those who want the opportunity to talk about the reality of God in our lives, to understand that people are watching us probably more than they're listening to us. John, another disciple of Jesus and a compatriot in the early church of James, says in 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so I suppose... Really what James is saying is that what people hear from us is being judged from what they see in us. And that's an important lesson for all of us who walk with God and have a relationship with Jesus to be able to say, I want to do more than just say the right things. I want to demonstrate them in how I live. But also the second thing is to to note that real faith is also seen when loving others 
is more important than loving ourselves. Wow, that, that's a big challenge, you might think. Loving others, more important than our love our, ourselves. And James illustrates it, and you'll see it in verses 15 and 16, when he says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? And I must confess, when I was preparing over the last couple of weeks for today and I'm thinking of these points and thinking of these teachings of James, the person that instantly came to mind was Mother Teresa. Here was a woman who gave 60 years of her life to the poor people in India. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Macedonia to preach in some of our Elim churches with a team and and we went into Skopje and um, we were able to go there, the birthplace of Mother Teresa. It was really impacting to see her life and the legacy of her life because she was a woman that lived beyond herself and her real faith changed the world for thousands and thousands and thousands of children and women and men in the streets, the gutters of Calcutta and other cities across India and indeed the world. Mother Teresa said on one occasion, a life not lived for others is not a life. And we live in a world where self-centeredness and looking after oneself and one's own needs seems to have such huge importance. And yet, James is saying that real faith looks to others. And in verse 8 of chapter 2, he refers to what he calls the royal law. I love that phrase. The royal law. What's the royal law? When he says in verse 8, if you keep, really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you're doing right. He's saying that that kind of sacrificial lifestyle changes other people's lives. And again, I was reminded of the work that we've been involved in as a church with the Revive Project. Amanda and I were able just to give a little bit of time around Easter, like many of you, so many of us and so many people of the churches to just help that happen. And it was inspirational to know that over a thousand children were fed and had an online kids programme and had gifts. And that's the kind of royal law when you love your neighbour as yourself that James says makes a difference in people's world. And this month, in just the next few weeks, the, the aim again is to reach around 500 children and young people in the same way. He's telling us that a real faith that changes everything is a faith that serves others. And that is the hallmark of Christian faith. But thirdly, he's also explaining real faith as when what we believe defines how we live. Now, I've found that challenge throughout 34 years of, of Christian ministry in knowing that someone like me who stands on platforms like this and has the privilege of sharing with people, the challenge of knowing that preparing great messages and declaring those truths to people is actually lived out not when I'm preaching and not even when I'm studying, but everything in between. When I'm seeking to live what I believe and I'm challenged by that daily. And maybe you find that too yourselves. Because if simply believing something was enough to change things, our lives would be very different. 
If all we had to do was believe something and everything would change, I'd be 10 stone. And you won't be able to see me because of the lectern. But believing is not enough. I know that there's actions I need to take to address what I might consider is a personal challenge for me. And you could relate it. And I use me because I'm the best example to use because I can't look at you without looking at myself. Because knowing and believing isn't enough. It's doing something that makes a difference. And James just drops in, and I'm not going to go into it in any great depth, but it's a, it's a really little contrast that is quite powerful. He says, even the demons believe. Even the devil believes, but it hasn't changed the corruption and the wickedness with which they conduct themselves. Because it's not just knowing, it's doing that makes the difference. See, Jesus didn't ask us to listen to him. He didn't ask us even to believe in him. He asked us to follow him, to example him. That's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians 11, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Because I'm following not just what he says, I'm not just believing in what he says, I am seeking to live that out. And in James chapter 1, James addresses the challenge that I think you and I face. I, I've I've been in Christian church all my life. I was going like some of the children here from before I was born. I hate to think how many messages over the years I've heard, but the question is what difference has all the hearing and believing made if I don't do it? And James says in James 1 verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. It's so easy to enjoy a message and we preach as we like it, you know. I used to say in settings where I would preach week in, week out, you know, it's one thing to tell me at the end that was a great message and we all like that, you know, we all like to go away with our ego stroked. But actually as a local church pastor for 30 years, what meant more to me was maybe a few days later when someone would say, that's changed something in me. And that's the reality of what faith does. It doesn't just listen, it looks for how it can take what it learns and live it out in the day-to-day -day aspects of our lives. Because a faith that works when life doesn't is a faith that acts. It takes a step. Because faith is not just about believing, it's about behaving. It's about the way we live. And there's so many of you today here who don't know the impact completely of how your living is having on other people. I'm convinced in your workplace, amongst your family, because you've a faith in God that has changed you on the inside and you seek to live that out amidst all the challenges that that involves. It has an impact on people and we, we rarely see the full impact of those moments in our lives because it's about how we live and the authenticity of our lives that demonstrates the reality of God's truth. Which leads me to number four. Because what James is saying, I think, is that real faith, authentic faith is noticeable when people see the impact of the unseen Christ in us. Now, some years ago, somebody who I know and somebody who a number of you in the room will know, Ollie Raper, who... A great singing voice, and many of you know Ollie and Bridget. And I can remember Ollie singing a song, 
And I can remember the lyrics many decades on from when he used to sing this song, you're the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the only words of life some will ever hear. And I'm hoping for those watching in online, maybe you, you don't share a faith in Jesus, but you will say that you can recognise it in people you know who do. That's our desire, that's our aim. That Christ who at this moment, because he's distant from our world in a physical sense, is not seen, is seen in us and how we live and how we conduct ourselves. You see, a faith that works is a faith that is attractive. It's visible, it's obvious, it's noticeable. And people may not always agree with us or understand, but they can't deny the reality of something that's changed our lives that betters their lives too. And again, if we go back to the teaching of Jesus on what we know as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, phrases and words here you'd be so familiar with. Jesus says this, No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We can't deny, can we, there was something compellingly attractive about Jesus to people. Not everybody understood what he was saying. In fact, often when he spoke in parables, they would ask for the meaning of the parable. They didn't quite understand what he was saying. But there's something compelling about the life that he lived. And as we as followers of Jesus have that same presence of God living within us, the whole aim of faith is that we are as compellingly, or the faith that we live is as compellingly attractive to others. That faith that's lived authentically and lovingly and sacrificially and generously, humbly, honestly and courageously is living our lives beyond ourselves. Because we've been called not just to live for us, but to live for a world that needs to discover the love and the reality and the goodness of God as we've experienced him in our hearts and lives. And you know, as I begin to wrap up, it's in that final, that final thought there that we get the secret of how we do that. You might be saying as a follower of Jesus there, well, Stuart, how on earth do I do that? That's very difficult, very challenging to live my faith that way. Well, I think everything about the way we live our lives is rooted in our devotion to Christ. I think in the place where we make Christ the goal of our lives and knowing him and loving him and staying connected to him, we discover the secret that a life of faith and devotion to Jesus overflows in acts of kindness, love, goodness and generosity. I have an appointment with a physiotherapist every Friday morning currently as a result of some surgery on my foot a year ago. And uh, there's a Costa Coffee not far from, from there. And the last couple of Friday mornings I thought, well, I'll treat myself to a nice Costa Americano as I head home and back to, to my computer to do my work. And the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that as I enter this costa, there's a guy at the side who's begging. I have to be honest, in the past, I would have been reluctant to give people money. I would have thought, I don't want to feed a habit or a problem they have. 
But over the last couple of weeks, I've felt so challenged that my faith has to have an action and I just have to trust God that that will be of help to that person. And it's been a challenge for me to think about how do I engage and I've tried and different ways to engage with that guy and take a little bit extra time. Instead of hurrying back, I've got a meeting, I've got emails to do, I've got people to call and meetings to be part of. But how do I demonstrate Jesus in the simplest of ways? Because it's putting our trust in Jesus that truly enables us to live amid life struggles, a certain and solid faith that changes the world for others around us. Maybe you're here in the building or you're watching online and you don't have a personal faith in God through Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that connection and you're saying, well, that all sounds great, but how do I do that? Well, you do it by taking a step of faith. There's an action involved for you to encounter and experience the reality of God for yourselves. It's putting your trust in all that God has said for your life. It's believing that Jesus is true and he's real and he wants to make an impact in your life, but it's taking a step towards him. We only ever meet God through a step of faith and we only get anything from God through steps of faith by putting our trust in him, believing in his goodness to us. And you can discover this life for yourselves by taking that action. And I know that we try very hard here at Life Central Church to create those opportunities. And there's a couple of things we want to remind you of today, if you watch in regularly, or even if you're in the room here, that can be a help to you. The first of those is, is next steps. It's us as a church helping you know what the next step might be. As a follower of Jesus, the next step might be joining a connect group. The next step, if you don't, might be asking for some help. And, and you can see on the screen at the moment how you can begin to engage in those steps. We also want to be able to pray for you. There's people, if you're watching online at the moment, who are there in the chat and they want to be able to pray for you. And you'll see there the opportunity to let them know you'd love prayer. But also recently here, we've produced some great videos called Curious. You'll find them on our, our YouTube channel. And those videos are just very short videos from Leon and, and addressing some of the questions that you might have about faith, about experiencing and discovering God for yourself. And we'd love you to go to the YouTube channel and connect with those because you can take a next step of faith to discover the reality of God for yourself. I want to pray for you this morning if, if you're finding in your own life that you just need a sense of God to come near you and you need, you're trying to find that place where you can take a next step. We're going to sing a song in just a few moments or two that, that I really believe is declaring about our devotion to God and how we can build our life on that solid foundation. But maybe today you would like some prayer. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you'd recognise, I, I talk about my faith, but Stuart, the reality is sometimes I'm struggling to live it out and I want to pray for you too. So whether in the room here or watching online now, why don't you posture your heart before God? You don't have to take any particular position. You don't have to close your eyes or put your hands together. It's posturing your heart willingly before God.
It's saying to God today, I come to you. I take a step towards you. And Father, I want to pray for all of those who are watching in on this service, either live or at some other point. And the folk here spread across me, in front of me in this room. I thank you, you're a God who didn't just say you loved us, you stepped out of eternity in the person of your Son, Jesus. And you stepped into time and into our world to find us. And your call to all is that if you're thirsty and hungry and if you need life, then take a step towards me. And I pray, Father, today, whether online or in the room, that those people who know they need to encounter you and experience your love would simply say today, God, I turn to you. If maybe some of us feel we've lost our way a little bit and we're not living out the full expression of our faith and our conviction, we, we want to take a step towards you today. Lord, we want to declare over our hearts and lives today that you are good and you, you love us. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen.